I got freaking goosebumps right now because we just witnessed one hell of a WrestleMania night one. It's been a while, but we're live and we're here to recap it from top to bottom. I'm Fred Ricciani. This is the Sports Courier TSC News. If you're new here, please consider subscribing. What a WrestleMania. And the road to WrestleMania was quite a WrestleMania, other than Bad Bunny, other than the imminent history that Sasha Banks and Bianca Belair were set to make. This WrestleMania build was kind of eh. Then, the last couple of weeks, things started to heat up a little bit. Daniel Bryan added to the mix with Edge and Roman Reigns. And hey, by the time we got to Saturday, which is tonight, I was pumped. I was ready, but could WrestleMania live up to the name, to the history, for the first time in a year, one month, and one day, WWE was in front of a crowd at Raymond James Stadium. Ironically enough, the team that we cover, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, play there as Super Bowl champions, and, well, I was excited. And then, there was rain. And then, there was wind. And then, there was lightning, and I was fearing I was scared to death because I thought, oh my goodness, could this be WrestleMania? Could this be delayed? Is Drew McIntyre destined to not win a title in front of a crowd? Well, spoiler alert, he didn't. But WrestleMania went on, I wouldn't say without a hitch, but a relative lack of hitches. And it turned out to be one hell of a show. It started out hot. The middle, kind of awkward, kind of rough, but By the time we got to the main event, by the time the show ended with that pyro, it was incredible. And I got to say, night one, night two doesn't matter. One of the best WrestleManias in recent years. So let's start from the top. Let's start with the big news because I'm sure all of y'all are wondering who the hell won the titles, who retained the titles. So let's get to it right here. We have Bianca Belair. As the new SmackDown Women's Champion, her and Sasha Banks, what can, what can I say? They wrestled a classic WrestleMania main event. Just well-worked, crisp all around. There was one weird spot where Sasha Banks was going for either the uh, double knees dive or a double foot stomp on Belair when she was hung up in, the, in a tree of woe. That looked a little awkward, but other than that, I mean, a relatively smooth match, I mean really almost without a hitch, uh, played into Bianca Belair's athleticism, her power, also the raw emotion. She was holding back tears at the start of this match. I mean, this is a historic match. And I don't care what John Bradshaw Layfield, some rich white dude, said on the pre-show. It's not black history. It's it's just history. No, this is black history, okay? This is real history, okay? I got a lot of friends who are black, who love wrestling, and this means something to them. This means something to a whole lot of people. So, understandably so, Bianca, very emotional. Sasha, quite emotional. Even Michael Cole said, hey, first time ever, two black women headline WrestleMania, and damn, were they the main event. Just classic match all around. Bianca Belair, the power, the athleticism. The raw emotion. She got a little overzealous at times. Banks, the Wally veteran, one of the all-time great wrestlers, not women's wrestlers, all-time great wrestlers, trying to outsmart and outcun Ms. Bianca Belair. But at the end, Bianca went for the KOD. Sasha escaped. She hit the hair whip, hit the KOD again, got the clean pin. One, two, three. If I have only one minor complaint at the end. They really should have kept the camera on Bianca for another minute or two. 
before the feed went off the air. I don't know if this was a deal with Peacock or, you know, Peacock and maybe the pay-per-view providers or whatever. Like, hey, it's getting late. We don't want the show to run long because it already was running long. I don't know. I would have kept the camera on Bianca for a little bit longer. Maybe brought out Montez Ford to celebrate with her because, of course, they are married in real life. Maybe showed her hugging her parents. I mean, they'll probably have that on YouTube and in some WDB documentary or whatever, but it would have been nice to see. Minor complaint. Major complaint. There are reports out there that uh, I believe his name is Adnan Kirk, if I have this correctly, the gentleman who got fired from ESPN for allegedly leaking information. He is going to be replacing Tom Phillips. And while Tom Phillips ain't perfect, while Tom Phillips at times sounds like a junior Michael Cole, I got to say, God bless Michael Cole. But there were some times on this show where God bless him, but he was super cringe uh, between calling ground and pound and pound and ground to the end of the show where he said, Sasha kicked out. And then the bell rung and he immediately corrected himself and he said, Bianca Belair wins. Now he, he did quickly correct himself. Corey Graves corrected him. Uh, the emotion was crazy. The euphoria was crazy. The match was great. I don't want to go as far as to say of all the main events, Michael Cole ruined. This was one of them. I don't, I'm not going to say he ruined it, but Royal screw up. Royal screw up. So if you're looking to replace Tom Phillips for whatever reason, and reportedly, uh, I think it was Wrestle Talk that reported it. He's dealing with COVID-19 or came into contact with somebody with COVID. I hope he's okay. If you're going to do something to get rid of Tom Phillips, you, you might want to think about getting rid of Michael Cole down the road. Perfectly fine. You want to keep him on the network or any Peacock-related specials, fine. But, man, you, you can't screw up that call. I'm sorry. Mistakes happen. You cannot screw up that call. That being said, Sasha Banks, Bianca Belair, they did anything but screw up that main event. Just a classic main event from top to bottom. Huge. I'm a huge fan of both women, and they, they did an incredible job. And a star is born. A star is made. Finally, after all these years... Did it be realized, you know what, we, we got to make some new stars here. You know, we made, and then they finally realized, hey, you know, Sasha Banks is actually really good at wrestling. We should strap a rocket to her too. And it's about damn time they did. So props to both women. Props to Debbie for finally getting their heads out of their asses and recognizing this. Uh, this is great. Just fantastic stuff here. By the way, shout out to everybody who attended WrestleMania. I hope you guys are safe and sound. I'm sorry you got rained on. Wow. Wow. All right. Let, let's uh, get to the rest of the show. So anyway, if you want to uh, just a quick play by play and how this all went down. So, uh, yeah, Banks and Belair were holding back tears. Uh, Banks was playing the heel. She was rocking the blue hair with the green highlights. Um, so no, notable highlights. Uh, I took some notes here. Uh, Banks had a suicide dive on Belair on the outside, but Belair caught her, rolled back to her feet and press slammed her back in the ring. That was awesome. Uh, Belair hit a moonsault, but missed it. Uh, Banks uh, kept uh, using the the weave against her, but eventually, of course, uh, Belair was able to use it to her advantage. Uh, The quickness of uh, Banks was highlighted here along with her savviness versus Bianca's athleticism and power. Uh, There was an awesome spot where uh, Bianca hit a delayed slingshot suplex on Banks and make Tully Blanchard proud. She hit the slingshot, held Banks. Hit the slingshot on the other side, held Banks. Hit the slingshot on the other side, held Banks. Then she teased not being able to hold Banks, then got her back up. Teased being able not to hold Banks, finally got her up. Boom. Got the near fall right there. That was freaking awesome. Uh, Banks was using the hair to the advantage until she ate a clothesline, shoulder tackles, and and she ate a running shooting star press. That's right. Bianca Belair hit a running shooting star press. Uh, Belair also went for one of two 450 splashes. She hit the 450 splash. Uh, but Banks got her knees up. 
Uh, Banks went for her Karana, but Belair hit a delayed sit-out powerbomb for a near fall, once again showcasing her unreal strength. Uh, a frustrated Banks uh, slammed Belair into the steps and attempted the bank statement back in the ring. Uh, she was really clever here. She used a braid and wrapped it around Bianca's head and neck uh, for the near tap-out. But Belair did a great job of selling and got to rope. Can I just say this too? Belair did a phenomenal job selling. Some people might say maybe it's a little too too much, but I think she did a great job because when she was selling, she didn't sell like she got killed. She sold like she was frustrated and in pain. Like she hit a shortly after these spots, she hit a 450 splash and Banks kicked out, and 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 Belair just screamed and was like, ah, oh, like frustrated and it's understandable because they're selling you the narrative that she's the rookie that she's emotional this is a huge moment that might be too big for her but at the end she tried to go for the kod banks escaped tried to go for a backstabber uh then belair hit the hair whip hit the kod got the queen pin again i'm I'm gonna say it a thousand times fantastic match a classic main event uh, one phenomenal worker, one woman who might be a phenomenal worker already, uh, definitely a phenomenal talent, well on her way. And yeah, get, give Sasha Banks her flowers right now because she is great. I don't, know, I don't know what else to say. She is great. Pyro at the end, fantastic stuff. So now let's start at the top of the show and we'll recap up to the co-main event, which was Bad Bunny and Damian Priest versus Miz and Morrison. Whew. So we kick things off with Vince McMahon coming out to thank the WWE Universe of fans. Uh, the wrestlers were all on the ramp with McMahon. By the way, if you want to follow along, my written recap is also on my website, fredrichani.com. So it was nice to see the crowd again. I was pumped. Like, yeah, set looks beautiful. They had this, like, ship thing and, and the banner and all that jazz. And then rain delay. Legit. A rain delay for, like, 37, 40 minutes. And we were subjected to an awkward panel of Caleb Braxton, Booker T, JBL, Peter the Giant Mark Rosenberg, who nobody in New York even likes, and Jerry the King Lawler. And this is where JBL, who I like a lot, said, Bianca Belair versus Sasha Banks is about black history. It's about history. And he might have met well. You know, he, he's, his, best, his best friend's Ron Simmons, the first black world champion. I'm, I'm sure he met well, but man, sometimes you got to sit certain conversations out. Myself included. So, yeah. Um, I don't know. And Rosenberg was just... Ugh. it, Man, I don't know. It's kind of funny to see Rosenberg uh, bitch about Dave Meltzer. And I'm not saying you can't disagree with Dave Meltzer on certain things. I'm not just saying this because I had him on my show and he was a great guest. But, like, he's lecturing people not to listen to Dave Meltzer or read Dave Meltzer. Yet he's a paid shill on a Debbie show giving bad takes. Whatever. Uh, whatever. Uh, ugh, ugh. Anyway, anyway, enough about him. Uh, speaking of scumbags, we had Hulk Hogan the racist come out with Titus O'Neil. Uh, Titus looked so uncomfortable with, with Hulk Hogan. Definitely a rib on Titus O'Neil to co-host with Hulk Hogan. Uh, Titus O'Neil, a great human being, great great man, uh, maybe a future mayor of, of Tampa. And yeah, I know Hogan's been in Tampa forever, but he's a racist. O'Neill, a few years ago, was arguably the most outspoken critic of Hulk Hogan and his lack of an apology. And, of course, now all of a sudden, he's co-hosting with Hulk Hogan. The irony there. Well, hey, great opportunity for Titus. He made the most out of it. God bless him. Our announcers were Byron Saxton, who was looking fresh, Michael Cole, and the returning Samoa Joe. 
Tom Phillips, uh, as I mentioned, reportedly out due to COVID-19 protocols per Wrestle Talk. Not sure who else uh, may have reported this, but I believe I saw it on, on Wrestle Talk. So hopefully nothing serious and, and Tom Phillips uh, get well soon. And if they really are replacing Tom Phillips, I just want to say he did a really good job. People of the old, people who used to listen to my old wrestling podcast may know I used to call him Todd Phillips because he just wasn't very good. But uh, he got a lot better, and I, I thought he did a really good job. And he worked his way up, you know, and I don't know. If he's going to be permanently replaced, replaced, then just another sign of Deadly being clout chasers trying to get people that, you know, haven't been in the wrestling business, which is kind of lame. But he'll land on his feet either way, hopefully. Uh, so let's see. Bobby Lashley versus Drew McIntyre. Awesome opener. Uh, MVP uh, was at ringside. For those that are wondering why I haven't been covering wrestling a lot lately, it's because the road to WrestleMania has been brutal. I was pumped with the the Royal Rumble, and then we just got a bunch of bad TV, a bunch of nonsensical storylines. Never mind what AEW's doing; I can barely keep up with it. They got like freaking, I don't, I don't know. They got like seventy people on their show every, every freaking week. But uh, with WWE, one of the reasons I, I've been really kind of removed, other than watching the Hurt Business, is because well, you know. They involved Reginald with Bianca and Sasha trying to ruin that storyline. Uh, you know, Miz cashing in was kind of lame. But then Bobby Lashley captured the world title, former TSC News guest. I was pumped. I was like, hell yeah, her business on top. My man Shelton Benjamin, Cedric Alexander, they're going to get those WrestleMania appearances. I love it. I love Shelton Benjamin. Huge fan of his. Huge fan of his growing up. But instead... A few weeks ago, if you don't know, they broke up the Hurt Business, the best part of Raw. Why? I don't know. Well, I probably do know. Uh, Vince is to see money and Cedric and Shelton and screw them over and put them on SmackDown, where they lost in the Andre the Giant Battle Royal. By the way, shout out to Jay Uso. He won the Andre the Giant Battle Royal. Shout out to the Dirty Dogs, Bobby Roode and Dolph Ziggler, who retained the SmackDown tag titles, even though it should have been the Mysterios, but whatever. Anyway. So, no Cedric and uh, no Shelton here to interfere on Bobby Lashley's behalf, which would have been a better finish than what we got. Awesome match, but Drew McIntyre got distracted by MVP yelling at him. Now, unless I missed this because Peacock was acting a fool on my PS4, and it was acting a fool on my Roku, and it was acting a fool on my other TV, and it had to keep refreshing. It eventually got better, but come on, Peacock, get it together. Uh, you know, unless I missed it, I'm pretty sure MVP verbally interfered in the match, which caused Drew, a normally smart babyface, to be a dumb babyface to say, huh? and then Lashley attacked him, put him in the hurt lock, and McIntyre passed out. Awkward finish aside, the right guy won. It's Bobby Lashley's time. Listen, dude's in his mid-40s. This might be his last world title run ever. Let him roll with it, man. Plus... If we're keeping it real, if we're talking about black history, and even De- even WWE acknowledges this, he's only the third WWE champion of all time. And no disrespect to Mark Henry and uh, Booker T. You know, they were technically the world heavyweight champion. I-, I still count them as WWE champions. But as far as like the WWE belt that was originally worn by Buddy Rogers and Bruno San Martino and all these guys, Bobby Lashley's only the third black man to hold that title, which is says a lot about WWE and none of it good. Um, but... It is historic, and on top of that, Bobby Lashley's just great. He's a great wrestler. He's a great wrestler. He's a fantastic talent. He's been a great talent for a long time. This is the spot he should have been in back in 2007, 2008, when maybe he was not quite ready yet, 
So I'm very happy for, for Bobby Lashley here. And, and look, Drew McIntyre will probably eventually regain the title. I thought he was a great champion. This is no knock on him. But right now, it's Bobby's time. You got plenty of time to make something happen here. Uh, we had a backstage interview with Dolph Ziggler and Bobby Roode putting themselves over for retaining the tag titles. Uh, Bailey tried to get on WrestleMania because, God forbid, one of the women who carried WWE throughout this whole pandemic doesn't get a spot on the big show of the year. That's BS. Uh, she tried to get her ding-dong hello show on WrestleMania. Uh, Titus O'Neil, Hulk Hogan, and the WWE Hall of Fame NWO, which included Kevin Nash, Scott Hall, and X-Pac, uh, blew her off. Get Hogan off my TV, please. Although I will say this, uh, I don't have a lot of faith in uh, Tampa booing Hogan, but according to some live reports, Hogan was booed, and it looks like they piped in some cheers for him. So uh, thank you, Tampa fans and traveling fans, for crapping on Hogan. We had a disaster. I mean, my God, this was a disastrous, disastrous, all caps, disastrous tag team title match. Holy crap. Or I'm sorry, tag team turmoil match. Thank God it wasn't for the tag titles. Holy crap. This was terrible. Natalia and Tamina, Billy Kay and Carmella, Naomi and Lana and the Riot Squad. Jesus Christmas. So, or uh, how, where do I start? Order of eliminations. We had Billy Kay and Carmella beat Naomi and Lana. Naomi is the most underappreciated woman in WWE, maybe in WWE history. Uh, just a, a fantastic talent. Is she the most technically sound at times? No. And I think she had a botch here at the end as well. But she is super popular with the fans. Uh, she's gone viral multiple times for her spots, including the Royal Rumble spot last year. And here you have, again, a black woman who's a marketable star, uh, very popular with Total Divas fans as well. Uh, you know, just a really likable person overall. I mean, she's always had a great look, always had uh, great gear. And she can't catch a break. And and some people said, well, uh, Lana and, and Naomi were first ones eliminated by Billy Kay and Carmella because, you know, Rusev or, or Miro, whatever his name is, is married to Lana and he keeps trashing WWE. Okay, if that's the case, then have Lana eat the pen. Or how about this? Hmm? How about this? How about you have Naomi challenge for the women's title instead of being in a lame duck tag team with Lana. Novel concept, right? No offense to Rhea Ripley. I don't know what match Rhea Ripley want to get a title shot. I'm totally down with putting over Rhea Ripley. I think they should have done it last year. But what the hell has she done lately? Nothing. She's still a big star. Or, or on the verge of being a big star. She was a big star in NXT. She'll be a big star in WWE in the main roster. But... Like, at least have her win a qualifying match. Or, you know what? You could have held her off for the Raw after Mania. And you could have put Naomi in that spot as a late replacement for Charlotte. God forbid. But, no. She she lost here. So, we can't have all the nice things. We got bought. We can't have all the nice things. Uh, Riot Squad came out. Uh, they eliminated Billy Kane and Carmella. We had Mandy Rose and Dana Brooke come out. And, man few observations here from Mandy Rose and Dana Brooke. Both both are really hard workers. Mandy Rose, I think, should be a way bigger star than, than she is right now. She's got a great look. She's really talented. She was well on her way, and then they did the idiotic thing of breaking up her and Sonya Deville. 
and then put her in a random tag team with Dana Brooke when they have nothing in common other than being hot and blonde. I don't understand that. Dana Brooke also a very hard worker as well, but I don't know. They just don't seem like friends in real life. Am I the only one here? Uh, but on this occasion, they finally dressed like an actual tag team with matching gear. Uh, these like singlets that uh, apparently were very wardrobe malfunctionable because we saw several black screens. So that, that's unfortunate for them. And on top of that, poor Mandy was walking to the ring. And I guess the ramp was still wet. And, you know, nobody in the DDB crew was like, hey, maybe we should, you know, dry this up before uh, all the wrestlers come out. No. Poor girl freaking slipped, fell on her ass. So, yeah, there was that. And just, yeah, a lot of some, it was just awkward. Just awkward. A lot of blown spots here. And the Riot Squad got the pin. And then we had Natalia and Tamina. And God bless them. I like Natalia and Tamina. But this tag team ain't it. You know, this tag team ain't it. They beat the Riot Squad, dominated them. The ma- My notes are, the match was a disaster with the Riot Squad barely keeping everything together. So that means Natalia and Tamina will take on Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler. Yes, heel versus heel on night two of WrestleMania for the women's tag team titles. Whatever. Now, a short pause in the recap just to shout out people that are watching the live stream. If you're new here, you can watch us live and watch all our videos on YouTube.com slash The Sports Courier or Facebook.com slash The Sports Courier. You can also just search the TSC News Podcast wherever you get your podcast. So first things first, shout out to Mr. Racer1029. I still don't understand why this is a two-night show. Dude, I understand. We need, we need something that's not seven hours long. Uh, Terrell Scott says, I like it being two nights. That hair slab, damn. Telvin Kipapa, what up, Fred? What's up, bro? AJ Adams says, I felt that whiplash. Jeez, congrats, Bianca Belair. Yeah, that whiplash from the hair whip was so loud that it almost sounded like they, they piped in a sound effect. That was brutal. Oof. AJ says, I hope it's Bianca versus Becky at WrestleMania 38. Hell yeah. Matt Speak says, I was screaming so loud. I didn't hear the uh, script from Michael Cole. Yeah, a lot of people were screaming. Good thing I didn't hear it in the arena. Uh, unfortunately, Banks never won at WrestleMania. Yeah, I think she's 0-6 now, but... Listen, what a way to go 0-6. And if it makes her feel better, at one point, The Rock was winless at WrestleMania. He was winless in 97, 98, 99, 2000, 2001. He didn't win until 2002 when he beat Hulk Hogan. And then 2003, he beat uh, Steve Austin. So think about that. Rock's first five WrestleManias didn't even win either. So she's in good company. Um, Hogan was actually getting booed. That's good. Uh, WrestleMania night two is going to have a hard time topping night one. I agree. The triple threat match might be a killer, but other than that, I don't know. I mean, Apollo's definitely got something to prove with that awkward gimmick. Um, by the way, I love that he's embracing his Nigerian heritage, but the accent is definitely throwing some people off. And even if you like the accent and, you, and it makes storyline sense in a sense that he's saying that he suppressed his accent to fit in. He's, you know, he was carrying, at least as of a few weeks ago when I watched, he was carrying like the spear, like, I could do without some of the elements of that. But, you know, a lot of my friends are like, hey, I like it. Some friends don't. It's polarizing. Either way, I'm happy he's got this spot. I really hope he he kills it with Big E. Uh, very, very big spot for both men, actually. Because whether Big E wins or loses, he's probably graduating or on the verge of graduating to the world title level of at least being a contender. And Apollo, I mean, this is sink or swim. If he has a bad match, win or lose, you know, uh, I think he's done. So uh, you know, they'll definitely be motivated for sure. But, yeah, it'll be very hard to top it. And, and Rhea Ripley and Asuka should be good too, but going to be hard to top Banks and Belair. Uh, the only good ma- good part about the women's tag match was the Riot Squad and their attire. Yeah, th- 
they look great and they worked really hard. I don't know why the Riot Squad can't catch a break. Uh, Liv Morgan, shout out to her, grew up in Elmwood Park, New Jersey, where I originally grew up. Uh, would love to see her do well, but she keeps getting close and no cigar. Terrence Sullivan, I love the two-night WrestleMania. The Bianca Sasha Mean event was excellent. Uh, yeah, I, I I agree. They're really going to have the Keenan Big Show of the women's tag team division win the tag titles instead of Naomi and Lana or the Riot Squad. Yeah, bro, go figure. Go figure. Uh, Demetrius Stokes says, what a match with Belair and uh, Belair and Banks. Uh, Brian Barry, shout out to my dude. Yo, best celeb wrestling performance ever. Absolutely. Uh, Deb Oxtail says, Bad Buddy did his thing. Yeah, he did. We'll get to that. Uh, Jamal Nasruddin. AEW is peewee wrestling compared to Deddy B in tonight's performances. I, I mean, recent AEW, yeah. Although, I got to say, Christian and, and Kazarian had a really, really good match uh, just a few weeks ago. So, you know, prop, props to them. But, yeah, AEW has been rough lately. Uh, I, I, will, I will save that, you know. And this is somebody that is pretty critical of of Daddy B myself, but yeah, it's it's been it's been a little rough with with the uh, AEW crew. All right, let's get back to the rest of the recap here. So, Seth Rollins versus Cesaro. At this point, this was the best match of the night. Uh, excellent technical encounter. Uh, Cesaro hit the giant swing on Cesaro, or on Cesaro on Rollins like 22, 23 times. It was great. Uh, Cesaro got the clean pin after hitting the UFO airplane spin, which is an airplane spin with no hands. Uh, An old movie busted out from his ROH days, man, crazy. I I remember years ago, like five, six years ago, he did a panel for a JDB2K, and and some fans asked him when he's going to have the the UFO, and he's like, you'll never know. You won't see it coming. And we waited all these years. He finally busted it out, ironically enough, against the guy he wrestled in ROH and, and Seth Rollins, uh, who was Tower Black at the time. Uh, he hit the Cesaro swing, hit the gotcha neutralizer pile driver for the win, and this was his first WrestleMania singles match, his first WrestleMania singles win. I, I don't know what more I, what more I can say. I need, I need to take a sip of water here. Hang on. I don't know what, I, what, what to say other than Cesaro is one of the best wrestlers of this generation. Full stop. One of the best. And all these years later, thank God he's still healthy. He still looks relatively the same. You can tell he's a good person because he's aged well. And, you know, great look. You know, just smooth and everything. This is a dude they should have strapped the rocket to in 2014. They didn't. And I don't know. I'm not going to assume anything with Cesaro because, you know, Vince McMahon's this weird dude that thinks Cesaro is boring. You know, the same dude that, you know, realized all these years later, hey, maybe I should push talented black people. Yeah, that Vince McMahon, uh, you know, the Vince McMahon that acts like he cared about the pandemic when he really didn't, who laid off hundreds of people. Yeah, that Vince McMahon. I'm not going to put anything past Vince McMahon. I'm not going to assume they're going to do anything with Cesaro. I will say this. If you're a Cesaro fan like myself, you got to enjoy this moment. Enjoy the moments. I think if there's one thing we've learned with WWE is that the follow through on a lot of these things, usually sucks. But the moments are great. Kofi Kingston, great moment at WrestleMania a few years ago. Not so great follow-up, especially the ending. Moment was incredible. So I'm going to enjoy this moment, and I'm going to say thank you, Cesaro and Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins, man, he may be the best wrestler to also be the biggest corporate bootlicker of all time, uh, but 
he is still a fantastic pro wrestler, and they did a great job here. So kudos to them, kudos to Seth for doing the right thing and putting over Cesaro. So that was pretty freaking awesome. We had a WB2K teaser trailer with Rey Mysterio and Cesaro. Um, <laughs> five to ten seconds of random alpha footage already looks better than WB2K20. I'll say that. They had two years to get this right. They better get it right. That's all I got to say. AJ Styles and Omos defeated the New Day to win the Raw Tag Team titles. This was fun while it lasted. Omos got eventually tagged, eventually got tagged in. Beat the hell out of the New Day. Uh, slammed them down. Uh, didn't do a whole lot, but what he did, it looked decent. I kept being nervous. I'm like, are these guys' knees going to like break or something? Like, I, You don't know. Like he was covered, like his he was wearing pants, he was wearing like a sleeveless shirt. So you, you don't know. You know I mean, he's so tall, he's so big, you know what I mean? Like and big men don't always move that well in pro wrestling, but he moved all right here. And AJ Styles hit a phenomenal forearm off of his shoulders, and they got the pin. They won the raw tag team titles. I mean, wow, this is crazy. Dude in his debut at WrestleMania won the raw tag team titles. Do you want to know? Who else was a really strong dude who made his WrestleMania debut in a tag team title match? Quick, trivia. Big E. Big E teamed with Dolph Ziggler to take on Team Hell No at WrestleMania a few years ago in New York, New Jersey. I believe it was WrestleMania... WrestleMania 29. WrestleMania 29. The last WrestleMania I went to. Which had an obstructed view. Thank you, Outdoor WrestleManias. I hate them. So... Although, unfortunately, Big E did not win the tag team titles that night. But he did make his debut very similar to Omos. I don't even think Big E... I don't even think Big E wrestled. Yeah, I don't even think Big E wrestled like, before that show. He may have just been... I think he was just kind of in the bodyguard role for Ziggler for a while. Maybe he wrestled like one or two matches. But that was like his, that was, like, his real like main roster debut. So, fun little uh, trivia note there, folks. We had a steel cage match. Braun Strowman destroyed Shane McMahon. Jerry Lawler was on commentary uh, telling bad jokes. Uh, Elias and the openly racist Jackson Riker, who is somehow still employed, attacked Strowman on the outside to start the match. Strowman, say what you want about him. I know he's he's relatively well-liked in the locker room. He made some terrible comments about indie wrestlers losing their jobs last year during the pandemic. Uh, he it sounds like he quietly wa- walked them back um, from what I heard backstage, but... Uh, still, not not a great last 12 months for Braun Strowman, even though he won the Universal title. Really boring title run. Terrible feud to Bray Wyatt. Terrible matches. Looking really awkward with the gear. I don't know. Something tonight looked different with Braun. He looked... He's always been in great shape, but he looked incredible tonight. Just put the dude in tights. Put the dude in some tights. Show off those calves. Those quads. The dude The dude looked jacked. He looked swole. Whatever adjective you want to use. He looked great. And in the match, great intensity. Uh, beat the hell out of Shane McMahon. Uh, Shane McMahon hit a coast-to-coast drop kick off the top of the cage because he's a crazy 51-year-old. Uh, Elias and the racist tried to interfere, but no avail. Uh, McMahon took a nasty bump off the cage back in the ring. Uh, McMahon magically found a toolbox and tried to use it on Strowman. Uh, but Strowman dragged Shane to the top of the cage, viciously threw him off the cage, down to the mat, and then Strowman hit the running power slam and pinned McMahon to win the match. This is good for what it was, but Shane McMahon remains insane and in an awkward midlife crisis. Bailey did get an appearance in front of the crowd after all, interrupting Michael Cole, 
before they presented the 2020 WWE Hall of Fame class. Uh, tomorrow, they'll present the 2021 class. Bella Twins, who are awesome. The Warrior Award winner, Titus O'Neil. The New World Order with the racist Hulk Hogan. Jushin Thunder Liger, who I don't think I saw on stage. Uh, John Bradshaw Layfield, uh, you know, noted history buff. And the family of Davey, Vo- Davey Boy Smith, a.k.a. the British Bulldog. We then had a WrestleMania 38 trailer for Dallas, Texas. Technically Arlington, Texas. Cowboy Stadium with Stone Cold Steve Austin. And then we had the epic co-main event. Oh my goodness. You know what? I'm just going to say it straight up. Bad Bunny is already a better pro wrestler than a bunch of the dudes I've seen in AEW Dark, AEW Dark Elevation, AEW Dynamite, some of the green talent they've put on NXT, some of the people they probably got locked in a storage locker and in a freezer in a warehouse where poor Keith Lee is probably taking flat back bumps at 37 years old. This dude was great. And this wasn't just a match where it was laid out to highlight his strengths. He started the match and he sold for like 10 minutes. 10 minutes. And he was great. And everything made sense. And his timing was impeccable. And he looked good. And yes, he's a smaller guy. He's a skinny guy. He even looked small with The Miz. But he worked so well. They played to his strengths. He didn't do anything that didn't fit his character and and his ability. You know, I've seen so much quote-unquote talent that are probably really talented. That just try to do, I'm sorry, a bunch of stupid shit that they can't hit. You know, moonsault, springboards, this, that, the other thing. You know, like, like, just stop. Just stop. If you can't do it, don't do it. Bad Bunny, he could do it, and he did his damn thing. Also, I want to shout out Damian Priest, a.k.a. Punishment Martinez, a former guest of TSC, a New York native, a Monster Factory product. Shout out to my guy, Danny Cage. This is a dude who was overweight, who had one foot halfway out the door in the wrestling business. And he got his ass in gear. He lost a ton of weight. He went to Ring of Honor, did his thing. I believe he won the the television title at the time. Went to Japan, wrestled Hiroki Goto in a pretty good match. Got caught the eye of New Japan a little bit. And then he signed with NXT, quickly rose to the top, got that North American belt. And now here he is teaming with Bad Bunny, one of the biggest stars on planet Earth today, both holding their own and then some. And and Damian Priest, especially for a guy in his late 30s, what an incredible success story. God bless him. I'm super happy for him. But Bad Bunny, this was the Bad Bunny show. He came out in a truck to Booker T. Booker T was a special guest commentator. Miz and Morrison performed their hilariously bad reggaeton track with a bunch of Easter buddies in the ring. Whew, crowd is firmly behind Bad Bunny, so you know a bunch of those people have swag. And this over-delivered beyond belief. Bad Bunny sold for like 10 minutes, better than most young talent in NXT and AEW. Um, some notable spots included uh, a dive, a Canadian slash Puerto Rican destroyer on John Morrison on the outside, which made my dad go wild. And then Priest hoisted up Miz on his shoulders as Bad Bunny hit a flying crossbody for the win. Ronda Rousey is great, but she trained for like a year. Kurt Angle is great, but he trained for like a year. If you're just talking straight up celebrities, I mean, uh, Stephen Amell, 
Really hard worker, did a pretty good job in AEW and WWE. Pat McAfee did a great job in NXT as well. Uh, Shaq did a really good job with uh, Red Velvet. And Red Velvet did really well too in Jade Cargill in their debut in AEW. But Bad Bunny smoked him. He was great. Just excellent. Dude is a huge star. He's got more money than he ever needs. He took this seriously and he got it done, man. Unbelievable. Unbelievable performance. Kudos to Miz and Morrison. I know Miz and Morrison get a lot of flack. And honestly, rightfully so, because the creative direction of them has been absolutely abysmal over the last year, for the most part. They're talented guys, but just creatively, they've been given no credibility over this last year. But they did an excellent job here. And, hey, I'm going to enjoy the moment. But I sincerely hope this leads to Damian Priest eventually challenging for the title. I'd actually prefer being, him being a guy from New York and me being from the New York area, New York, New Jersey area. Having a, By the way, I have a TV show in the New York area, so I'm a little biased here. But I would love to see Damian Priest eventually get up to that world title level and eventually challenge Bobby Lashley or whoever for a world title in New York City, maybe at Madison Square Garden when it's safe, maybe MetLife Stadium if you want to do open air and the weather complies, whatever the case may be, but... Another guy you got to strap a rocket to. This guy is great. Great look. Great talent. He gets it. He's humble. He's had a scratch and claw. He's an older guy, so he, you know he's mature. He's not going to go outside and, and do anything stupid. So props to all these guys, and I hope they have a, a good follow-up. And then, of course, as I mentioned, the main event, Bianca Belair beat Sasha Banks to win the women's title. Just a classic main event. So overall, what can I say? as somebody that has been supremely disappointed with the overall state of North American wrestling lately, and quite frankly, even Japanese wrestling lately, at least on the New Japan side, uh, with how they screwed over my boy Kota Ibushi. Um, Massive thumbs up. Massive, massive thumbs up. And by the way, if we're talking uh, about uh, people of color making history, can I just give a quick shout-out? I did not watch the show, uh, the Hardcore Justice show, but I know Impact Wrestling had Hardcore Justice uh, today, or, or I think yesterday. And uh, she lost a title versus career match to Deanna Perrazzo. Jazz now, I guess, officially ends her career. I mean, wrestling retirements are wrestling retirements. But I just want to give a shout-out to Jazz, a true pioneer of modern women's wrestling, an absolute badass, a fantastic women's champion in her own right back in the day. Great feud with Trish Stratus. Does not get enough credit. Does not get enough respect. Always outspoken. Always sticks to her guns. Uh, you know, a, a great role model to, uh, you know, a, a lot of people, a locker room leader. Shout out to Jazz. And if this is the end of her career, what a fantastic, phenomenal career. I'm really glad she got to have this kind of second run, uh, you know, in the modern era. So much respect to her. God bless Jazz. So, yeah, overall, what can I say? Massive thumbs up for WWE WrestleMania. Historically, in recent years, they haven't followed through very well. But maybe, just maybe, this will change things and it changes it up. The follow-up won't make Vince McMahon and his family a better human being. It won't stop them from donating to causes that may have caused an insurrection. But if it leads to a lot of deserving, hardworking men and women making that money and getting, getting some rightful time to shine, hey, I'm with it. So massive thumbs up. Let's go to some of the comments before we hop off here. What do you think about night two? Do you think Daniel Bryan gets the job done? I think I should probably give a happy ending. You know what I mean? 
Uh, I think Daniel Bryan probably should win. I would say Edge should win because it makes for a more logical story. I mean, the dude won the Royal Rumble. He's been out of the game forever. Like, why not, right? But they turn him heel. And, yeah, I don't know if you want a heel winning. Uh, the only heel I would have win would, would be Roman Reigns. Only if you're going to set up Rock versus Roman Reigns next year or the year after. But, I w okay, put it this way. If Roman Reigns wins, there better be a confrontation with, like, Steve Austin or The Rock or even Brock Lesnar at the end of the show to close it out. Because I don't think you want to end it with just Roman Reigns winning. Um, if not, I would go with Daniel Bryan. I'd keep the title on him. Do Daniel Bryan versus Cesaro at the next pay-per-view, which is what my boy Vic Sosa suggested. Shout out to him. He hosts a great show on Figure Four called uh, Wrestling Weekly with uh, the great Les Thatcher. You could do that. Um, I wouldn't take the title right away off Bryan. And then, you know, Roman Reigns could always, could always win it back at SummerSlam or another show. Why not? You got, you got time. It's a triple threat. You got time. I think Edge should win the title at some point, though. I would say in Canada, but Canada's not doing well with the lockdown right now. And, uh, you know, they got the UK variant there, which we have here. They have the Brazilian var variant because their freaking president's crazy and let things run loose. And so, who knows? I In a perfect world, you'd, you'd have Edge capture the title in Canada when safe. But who knows when that's going to happen and when borders are going to open up. So, whenever. I, th I think at some point they, sh they should give Edge the title. And then, and then Roman Reigns. So, you know, maybe, maybe do Brian versus Cesaro. Even though I'd love to see Cesaro win the title, they could probably just have Brian retain it next pay-per-view. Then do Edge versus Brian, have Edge win, get that big moment. And then you could do the, you know, the sort of dream match, Spear versus Spear, Edge versus Roman, maybe at SummerSlam, and boom, Roman recaptures the belt. So uh, I, I, I'd be down with that. Uh, Brian Barry says, the moments were great and Cesaro can wrestle thanks to both men. Main event was stellar. Uh, Amanda How. Haun, I hope I pronounced your last name correctly. Amanda H. The Bad Buddy match was nuts. The movie hit outside the ring was crazy. When do you think Becky Lynch comes back? Oh, that's right. Becky Lynch did tease a comeback. I think night two. She teased coming back night one, but I think she's going to come back night two. Uh, Nick Khan, WWE executive, in an interview, did mention that Rousey and Becky Lynch are coming back soon. So maybe they'll say that for Raw. Um, we'll see. Man. And let's get some more. Uh, Carter says, Fred's always got the best takes for you. Th for real. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. It's been a while since I've been live. Again, I, I'm, I'll keep it real, you guys. I cover a lot of NFL these days. You know, I got also another uh, job I do in marketing full time. Uh, wrestling hasn't enamored me. I still keep up with it, but, it, you know, I haven't really gotten into it. But when I see hardworking, good people like Sasha Banks and, and, and uh, Brianka Belair kill it, you know, I got to pay attention. When Bobby Lashley makes history, I got I to pay attention. You know, there are, the talent overall is pretty damn good in WWE. I'm pretty damn great, I should say. It's just how are you, how they're used, it's kind of lame. And yeah, listen, both companies have not done a good job lately of paying off narratives and WWE, especially long-term, but they did a great job here. And look, I give credit where credit's due. I thought they did a great job here. And, you know, truth be told, most of their pay-per-views since like SummerSlam last year have actually been pretty good other than the crappy Fiend stuff, which... I'm sorry. If you're a fan of The Fiend, God bless you. I don't like him. Bray Wyatt's a smart guy, hard worker. He, he he discovered the ability to not take a lot of bumps and make a lot of money, so God bless him and his family. But that crap ain't for me. And I'm not looking forward to Bray Wyatt versus Randy Orton, which will probably be the hemorrhoid of this WrestleMania weekend. But And yeah, The Fiend has been a huge turnoff for me and one of the reasons I haven't been watching. But yeah, when, when, when good stuff happens, I'm pumped. And listen, sometimes you're not going to get 
a Bianca Belair versus Sasha Banks classic, but all I'm asking for is some logic. Some logic. Some storytelling. Slowing down a little bit. I'm not saying slowing down as far as spots or whatever, but just like go back to the basics a little bit. This stuff isn't hard. I know it's hard for Denny because they got a million hours of content, but with AEW, like, no excuses, man. Like, come on. Pull back a little bit. Y'all got great talent. Both sides of the coin have great talent. Just pull back a little bit. Slow down. Keep things a little simple. Less gimmicks. Less whatever. A little more quality control. I mean, it's not that hard. I think WWE is going to take them a lot of time to win some more fans back because, you know, people can say, oh, the pandemic, you know, hurt the ratings. But the reality is I think a lot of fans just overall when it's not WrestleMania or Rumble time and just aren't interested. And for somebody like me, who's been a fan for over 20 years, okay, who used to cover this originally before you know, when I started TSC, for me not to be interested, I mean, it's saying something. So, I don't know. I think long-term, you know, time will tell. I, I don't think that this night and tomorrow night solves Deadly problems overnight. But, you know, in the meantime, financially they're doing well. They're still morally bankrupt, but they're doing financially well. And I just hope and pray that some of that money from Peacock and Fox can trickle down uh, to the wrestlers a little bit more. And, hey, who knows? Eventually, maybe Diddy B will get sold and it'll be in better hands. Or, dare I say, it could be in worse hands. We'll see. We've seen that side of the coin with uh, WCW and Turner. But that's something we could worry about um, for another day. Uh, We all know that the Tribal Chief is winning. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, lately, pro wrestling has been yawn. I agree. The Fiend sucks. Yeah, he does. He does. Wyndham Rotunda, hey, kudos to you, man. You were able to sell Vince McMahon your bad ideas without having to take any bumps and making a lot of money. That's great. That's great. You sell some merchandise. That's great. But I don't know what audience that's appealing to, but it ain't, it ain't me. And, it, and look, if that makes me old and out of touch at 32 years young, then hey, that, that's fine. I've never been more happy to be a boomer in my life. Uh, I hope Lashley's title reign is as badass as his TNA run. I hope so, too. Uh, what do you think is going to happen with the Saudi deal? I don't know. That's a good question. They'll still do it if they can. Uh, I'll say this. The, the rich Middle East, Middle Eastern countries, excuse me, like UAE, like Saudi Arabia, uh, I mean, they've done a pretty good job uh, of, of maintaining you know, the, you know, the, their people and the virus and everything. Now, if we're keeping it real... You don't want to disobey any of those governments, which is another reason why people listen, you know, unlike here. Uh, but I, I could see them eventually. I don't know. I don't really know what the status is of Saudi Arabia. I know ne- nearby in, in UAE, I mean, they've done a really good job. If you go to Dubai right now, they got a lot of people. It's funny. You got these weirdo far right nuts on Twitter like, oh, in Dubai, there's no virus. Everybody has no masks. Completely ignoring the fact I got plenty of friends there who... Literally have to get tested and quarantine for days up to weeks in a hotel just to get in there and stay there and roam about. So, uh, you know, I, I could see maybe like them running in the Middle East if, if they want to do Dubai or uh, Abu Dhabi. I don't know if UFC has like an exclusive deal uh, with the UAE government there because I know Flash Entertainment owns. A, I, th- I think they still own a small percentage of UFC, which is also why they kind of can get a site fee and, and you know, or provide a site fee and, and get them there. Um, so I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. As far as specifically Saudi Arabia, I don't know if they wanted to run a show in the middle East. I think they can, if they work with UAE, Saudi, uh, I'm not really familiar with what's, what's going on there. Um, obviously, you know, where my family's at in Lebanon, not, not doing too well right now. Syria, not doing great. Um, uh, but I don't know. T- time will tell, even if it's safe to go there, it's still a big risk. And 
you know, th things can happen. I mean, UFC, I think, has done a decent job, but we've seen when they're not in, in Abu Dhabi, or, uh, yeah, when in Abu Dhabi, uh, around, you know, that government strict protocols, and there's been a lot of fighters that have tested positive, a lot of main events have fallen through. Hell, the main event uh, today on ABC was a late replacement because one of the fighters fell through, you know, last minute due to COVID, so... I don't know. It's it's still real, folks. If you get vaccinated, you probably should do so. And either way, you know, just just stay safe and just use common sense. You know, what I mean, don't be an a hole about it. Just use common sense. I mean, I, I'm not opposed to people going to outdoor events and stuff with some proper social distancing. I don't know if you want to pack arenas like Texas or you know what UC's doing with Florida and Jacksonville. That I think is a little extreme, but you know, teach their own. Just be safe and and use common sense. Okay. Uh, MVP better keep the canes, says Freddie Mitchell. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And then we'll go to one more thing. Okay. What's one thing you would like to see WWE do better in the year 2021? Good question. I mean, kind of what they did tonight. Give fans what they want. Give fans the stars they want. Uh, think progressively. And, you know, just, just go back to the basics. Long-term storytelling. You know, I feel like they've, I feel like WWE has set the bar so low for themselves that when AEW does something remotely decent, and I'm not saying AEW is bad, by the way, I'm not trying to pick on them, but I feel like when AEW does some of the most basic long-term storytelling, they get like a pass. It's like, wow, they're long-term. When in reality, it's like, everybody should be doing that. Every TV show should be doing that. Every narrative should be doing that. Every narrative should have some semblance of long-term storytelling, so whatever. Anyway, that's what I hope to see. Hopefully, night two will be good. By then, I'll gain my voice back. I want to thank everybody for watching live on YouTube and Facebook. If you haven't already, please like, share, subscribe. I guarantee you, you won't regret it. You can visit my website, fredrichani.com. we got some new updates there, especially on the wrestling front. And we'll be back for night two on Sunday night. If you like this show, maybe you missed it, maybe you want to go back, you can watch it on demand. You can also listen to it later tonight on the podcast feed, the TS News podcast. Thank you guys so much. I appreciate you all. Please, please be safe. Mask up when you need to. Get vaccinated if you can. Take care of yourselves. Stay healthy. Be grateful. Don't be an ass, okay? Don't be an ass. Don't be a douche. Don't go off and all about constitutional rights, all this crap like that. Don't act arrogant just because you haven't gotten the virus or been infected or know somebody that hasn't been affected. There's so much arrogance and lack of empathy. Like, have some empathy for people, okay? Be a good person. It doesn't cost a damn thing to be nice and, you know, sometimes to mind your damn business. So please stay safe. I'll pray for y'all. I hope y'all have a great weekend. Thank you so much for tuning in. I love y'all so much. It was great to be back. Until next time, everybody, as always... Enjoy the matches. Facebook, thanks so much. I love you all too. Talk to you tomorrow.